For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney+. How are you now? How are you now? Well, I hope you're doing well. I hope everybody's going to have a good Thanksgiving weekend. Whether or not you celebrate the holiday, I hope you're at least going to enjoy yourself a nice day off on Monday. Uh, Because the Montreal Canadiens, winless in the preseason, I think for the first time ever, I'd have to double check that to make sure that I'm you know, not talking out of my ass there, but I can't remember a time that they won zero games. I know they've had some bad preseasons before, but I cannot remember one where they won zero games. Anyways, hello and welcome to another special non-numbered episode of the Bottom Six Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake, and you know, what are we talking about? We're talking about practice. Right. As of next Wednesday, we are no longer talking about practice. The Montreal Canadiens will open up their regular season against the Toronto Maple Leafs at home. Uh, but they lose. They lose on a Saturday night in New Brunswick, my new home province to the Ottawa Senators in overtime by a score of three to two. What happened? Well, folks, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm going to cheap out a little bit on the on the recap today. I'm, I'm going to do the recap. But I'm, I'm going to kind of keep it short. I don't really want to talk about the Senators' goals anyways. Uh, I more want to talk about the Habs' goals. And then we'll get into what performances intrigued me out of that game and what performances did not intrigue me. So anyways, <laughs> we get going pretty early in the first period. Uh, Uri Slavkowski threw a beautiful breakaway pass to Rem Pitlick. And that kind of set the tone for the game, for me anyways. Uh, because <laughs> Rem Pitlick is in loose. And for whatever reason... He decides to throw the puck back and throw a drop pass into traffic to Josh Anderson. And to me, that again, that set the tone because, I, like, why aren't you keeping that chance for yourself? You're in alone at that point. But you threw it back into traffic to try and get so – I, I get it. You're, you're looking for lateral movement. But, you know, keep that chance for yourself. And sure enough, uh, it, it ended up hurting the Habs because one extra goal would have won them that game. Anyways, uh, they actually performed pretty well after that. Uh, the Habs get a power play about midway through the first period, and oh boy, Cole Caulfield 
from the face-off circle where he likes to get it. He rips an absolutely insane shot over the shoulder. I mean, there was a window for that puck to get into that was less than the size of an actual puck, and he still managed to find that window. Cole Caulfield, ladies and gentlemen, folks, he is ready for this season, and he is going to score a lot of goals. However bad the Montreal Canadiens may be, I do not think that we're going to be disappointed with what we see from Cole Caulfield this season. He's been their best player throughout the course of the preseason, and he's probably going to be their best player throughout the course of the regular season, but more on him later. Habs are up one nothing in the first. Later on, we get into the second period. Um... Two bullshit goals by the Ottawa Senators. Again, I'm trying to skip out on the recap a little bit. Not going to talk about that. Ottawa takes a 2-1 lead. But then, Habs get another opportunity for themselves. Another power play. This time, Caden Gooley gets the puck at the point. Fires a nice, another quick little wrister. Just a flick of the wrist. Puts it in. Ties the game for the Montreal Canadiens. We go to overtime eventually. Right, Third period was extremely boring. I'll be honest. And uh, we go to overtime three on three obviously you know it's three on three is what it is it's it's entertaining it's uh it's a bit of a gimmick but it definitely gets the blood flowing a little bit and uh chris weidman however takes a penalty and that makes it four on three for the ottawa senators they've got really good puck movement going on drake batherson gets a wide open one-timer puts it in past jake allen and that's the end of the game. The Ottawa Senators win by a score of 3-2. to two. But again, I submit to you that we are talking about practice. So the only question is the same one I've asked in the previous seven episodes. What did we learn? And what did we learn? Well, let's start with Cole Caulfield, right? Like I said, more on him. I cannot stress enough how impressed I've been with him throughout the course of the preseason. He looks every bit like the player that we saw after Martin Saint-Louis took over the bench last year. Like, it is, again, night and day was what we saw last year. He was pretty mediocre during the first half of the season. Marty takes over the bench and all of a sudden he takes off. And we're still seeing that very same player. He's dangerous every time he gets the puck in the offensive zone. He's dangerous through the neutral zone. He's dangerous everywhere. And he's particularly dangerous on the power play. The Habs have had a brutal power play for, what, at least 10 years. Let's just call it a decade, right? It's been a little bit longer than that, let's be honest, right? They've had a few seasons where their penalty kill was amazing, but they've never had a season. um, I think I've mentioned this before. They had that one year, I want to say in 2002, 2003, somewhere around there where Sheldon Sure was, was running the point. And he had that big bomb. Uh, that was the last time that they had like a really, you know, lights out, like, oh, other team gets a penalty. Yeah, we're about to score type of power play. I think that with Cole Caulfield and eventually with a healthy Nick Suzuki there as well, they're going to have that type of power play again. And Cole Caulfield proved that against the Senators. I mean, again, when you look, I, I will put a highlight in the article on Eyes on the Prize so that everybody can see it if you have not already. He, the, the window for that puck to get in was literally the size of a puck, if not smaller. And he still put it through. I mean, this guy can shoot with the best of them. There is maybe five guys in the NHL that can make that shot. One of them is Austin Matthews. 
I'm not trying to say that Cole Caulfield's a better shooter than Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews, I will take my hat off begrudgingly to the Maple Leafs and say that you have the best shooter in the league right now in Austin Matthews. I tip my hat to you. But Cole Caulfield's up there, man. And this is the year. We might see a 40-goal scorer for the Montreal Canadiens for the first time since Vincent Danfus in 92-93. I'm, I'm calling it. I'm calling it now. I think he is going to score 40 goals. More than 40 goals. I don't know if he's going to get to 50. I think it's possible. But at the same time, it's going to be a bit of a rough year for the Habs, I think. So, you know, getting to 50 is going to be a tall task. But I think he's going to score 40. Again, first time since 92-93 that we will see a 40-goal scorer for the Montreal Canadiens, and it's going to be Cole Caulfield. Book it. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. You didn't really hear it here first because I'm not the first person to say it, but I'm saying it. (laughs) I'm saying it anyways because I want it to be said. I think that's going to be possibly the silver lining of this season because it might end up being pretty rough. But another performance that stood out quite a bit was Caden uh, Gooley. Caden uh, Gooley looked extremely fun at 3-on-3, man. He can skate. Um, haven't seen a defenseman that looks that good at 3-on-3 since Jeff Petrie in his, in his heyday with the Montreal Canadiens. Um, he could end up being a very significant weapon for this team, especially throughout the rebuild. As they get back towards competing, they're going to need to have some points coming from their defense. Uh, it's not all going to be coming from up front. Um, you're going to need a guy like him and you're going to need him to chip in offensively and so far throughout the preseason he's been chipping in offensively I said it multiple times right his offensive game is still under development so to speak but it's been getting better and better and better it's been getting better throughout his junior career right unfortunately he got robbed somewhat of playing at the World Juniors by the COVID pandemic, and then he wasn't available for the summer version, but we would have probably seen it there as well. And now we're seeing it in the NHL. And I I think he starts day one for the Montreal Canadiens. I'd be surprised if he's not in the lineup on Wednesday against the Leafs. And I I think we're going to see more of that from him as well. So uh, good things to come on the blue line. And then that brings me to my next guy, which is Arbor Jackai. Dude, Arbor Jackai, he dictated the Sens lineup in this game. They iced a line of goons specifically because of what had happened in the previous games and what happened in the rookie tournament. He's dictating their lineup, and he's not a goon himself. He's not a coke machine. He's not a big guy that's just out there purely to fight. He can play. He can skate. He can move the puck. He does quite well in all aspects of the game, but he also happens to be a very large man that can knock you the fuck out when he wants to so you have to deal with that guy on a night in night out basis I think he makes the team too and I think it's not just because of the physical aspect I think it's because you have that physical aspect plus the fact that he's able to carry the puck that he's able to chip in offensively here and there that he's again not a coke machine he's not just out there for physicality he is out there because he can actually play the game And I think there's a massive, massive benefit for the Montreal Canadiens there. Because again, I think I mentioned this in a previous episode, they're they're a young team. They're going to be trying out some young players. You don't want to be getting pushed around out there. You don't want other teams being able to just run amok and do whatever they want. Having the sheriff out there 
not only contributing as part of the game, but also capable of, you know, being the sheriff. When, when, when the time comes for some sheriff shit to happen, he can handle that. This, this is a guy that I see making the team as well. So I think, you know, through all this preseason, we've been, or I've been at least, talking about they have three young defensemen who are kind of fighting for a spot in the blue line with Jordan Harris, Caden Gooley, Arbor Jackeye. I think Jackeye and Gooley have the inside track at this point. I'd, I see both of them starting uh, next Wednesday against the Maple Leafs. I'd be surprised if they don't. Jordan Harris, he's been great, but I think he starts in Laval. That's what I think. We'll see. There's there's still a few days between now and uh, and that season opener, but I right now for for my money, I would go with Gooley and I would go with Jackeye, and uh, I think it's the right move. I think Gooley gives you an element that you don't currently have. He's got that offensive ability. He's got that shutdown defensive game, punishing physicality. Arbor Jackeye brings that same punishing physicality, really good puck movement, and of course, when push comes to shove, he's your Huckleberry. So. I see those guys making the team, and I think it's going to be a fun ride uh, seeing them develop a little bit and seeing what they can do. Uh, either one of them might be prime for some time in Laval during the course of the season, but I, I do see them, again, starting with the Habs, and we'll, we'll see from there. should be interesting at the very least. And now I have to talk about Uri Slavkovsky as well, and I'm, I'm a little bit less optimistic on, on his front. Now, not to say I'm not optimistic in the long run, just in the short term, I think he should start in Laval. I felt like he had a really good first period, uh, really strong first period. Again, I, I mentioned it earlier. He had that breakaway pass to Rem Pitlick that didn't pan out because Rem Pitlick made a dumb decision. Um, but after that, like in the second and third period, I felt like he kind of vanished. Uh, it, it took me really like focusing and looking for him on the ice to find him. I felt like he was a little bit pedestrian. I, I think he needs to cook in Laval for a little bit before he's ready to come up with the Habs. And I think it would be a bad idea for them to put him in the opening night lineup uh, against a strong team like the Leafs and say, here you go, you know, sink or swim time. I, I think that's a bit rough, especially considering that you don't expect to compete this year. You don't need him to be his absolute best right now. I think the best thing for them to do is to let him cook in Laval a little bit and he can kind of find his footing, uh, keep working on, you know, figuring out time and space on the smaller ice. And at some point this year, I do believe he's going to play for the Montreal Canadiens, and he should. But I just don't think that that time is right away. So, I, I again, I, I was not disappointed with him in that particular game. Uh, but overall, watching his performance, including his performance in that game, uh, I just feel like right now the best place for him is probably the farm uh, just to cook a little bit more, right? Nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it whatsoever. Just don't try to rush him and end up putting him in a situation where he can't possibly succeed and ruin his confidence for several years. And, you know, I I feel like the organization has taken a step in the right direction when it comes to development, and hopefully they understand that that's the best thing to do. Aside from that, um, wasn't a whole lot else to really dissect in, in that particular game. It was maybe their best game of the preseason overall, like as a whole game, but they didn't win. So you, you, you can't read too much into it either way. Even if they did win, it's not like you could sit there and say, all right, we're on the right track now and we're going to make the playoffs. It's, you know, it's preseason. It's practice. We're talking about practice. 
So we can only take a look at it and see what performances intrigued us and which performances didn't. Again, for me, um, Cole Caulfield, intriguing. Caden Gooley, Arbor Jacki, intriguing. Uri Slavkovsky, less so. Rem Pitlick, less so. At the end of the day, that's all you can really do when you're evaluating a preseason game. Um, I think I'm going to cut it off here. Um, We will be back as of Wednesday with real games to talk about. Real games that actually count towards the standings. Wouldn't it be something if they just smoked Toronto in the season opener? After losing all of their preseason games, they go out and just stomp Toronto like 8-2 to two or something? I don't know. I would love it. Anyways, we're running what? Uh, about 16 minutes. So, since soirée pas mal énorme pour les employés de soutien. Uh, we are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I am on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I'd appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. And, of course, at Appreciate. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.